Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, and you are listening to the Steel Curtain Network. That's right. New name, same old material. Not old material. You know what I'm talking about. We've got some pretty cool updates coming up for you. As of March 1st, we're going to debut some new stuff. I hope you all ready for that. I know I'm excited for it. We'll be teasing that out as we get a little bit closer, but you are back with another Let's Ride, and we have a lot of questions to discuss. If you want to know the latest news on the Steelers, check out the Steelers Update podcast, which ran just before this one did. Every morning, 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time, what did I talk about today? Well, Monday through Friday, I do these shows, uh, and uh, today I talked about Adrian Clem and Juju Smith-Schuster causing a scene on social media. Go and check those out. You'll enjoy it. It's only five minutes. Who doesn't have five minutes? Everyone has five minutes. Come on. While you're getting your coffee, you can listen to it. Taking a shower, whatever. Taking a dump. <laughs> that's your. That's what you do when you're doing that. That's fine, too. But still, check out that Steelers Update podcast every single morning, uh, even on the weekends. What were we talking about today? Before we get to the mailbag in the second half of the show, we are talking about free agents. Steelers free agents. But more importantly, how fans view those free agents. So I always like to share how these ideas come to fruition with me. And sometimes I think about fan narratives, the way fans feel about certain players. And I started to think about players that have left in recent years. I'm like, man, some fans, you know, they're glad to see him go. They want him gone. And then there's some fans that pine for those former players. And so the one thing that came to my mind was do the Steeler fans overvalue their own free agents? It's possible. And when you think about it, it doesn't matter how they're acquired, meaning it doesn't matter if the player that is going to be vying for free agency is was a free agent acquisition himself or if he was a drafted player, it doesn't matter. The one thing that I noticed is when I was thinking about this, there's one specific situation. It happens every year, every year, where fans are so, I, I'm trying to think of the right word, passionate. There you go. That's the word I'm thinking. They are so passionate about certain players when it comes down to the final roster cuts to get to 53. That is where you see fans that just, they they have their guys and they're in that camp and they're, man, they've got to, they got to keep this guy. I mean, think about a couple like Quincy Roche, six round draft pick. Everyone was just said, they can't let him go. They can't let him go. He's not going to make it to the practice squad. They can't let him go. Same with Tuzar Skipper, who had a great preseason that year. Man, they can't let Tuzar Skipper go. He's going to get claimed. Both of those guys did get claimed, but that's kind of where I was going in terms of the thought process with this exercise was do fans do the same thing with free agents? Do they overvalue their own free agents? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a look back at the last two seasons and see, okay, the free agents that left, the free agents that left, what exactly you know, was the fan narrative surrounding them? Did they want them to stay, or were they also smart enough to see the writing on the wall? Let's go back a couple years ago. Like Bud Dupree, Alejandro Villanueva, Mike Hilton, Matt Filer, James Conner. Those are some big names with the Steelers. I mean, you think about it. 
And now I'm not, yeah, we could also throw in Sean Davis, Ola Denye. But those are some big names. And when I think back, I think most of the people, they kind of knew that the Steelers would not be able to keep all those players. It was a foregone conclusion that Bud Dupree was not going to be back. They couldn't afford him. Mike Hilton was a player that everyone wanted back. And yet he just, he, he got a better deal with Cincinnati. Matt Filer was a player that a lot of people wanted back. James Conner was, that was kind of split. And James Conner, very injury prone. And a lot of people thought that it wasn't worth the money. Alejandro Villanueva, a lot of people thought he was over the, over the hill. He didn't have what it took anymore. He ends up going to the Ravens. And when you look at all these players, all of those players were free agents lost. Bud Dupree went to Tennessee. Alejandro Villanueva eventually went to Baltimore. Mike Hilton to the Cincinnati Bengals. Matt Filer, who is still a member of the L.A. Chargers. Sean Davis went to Indianapolis. James Conner to Arizona. And Ola Denier to the Tennessee Titans. So then you go to the next year. You had players like Joshua Dobbs. Juju Smith-Schuster. Ray Ray McLeod. James Washington, Trey Turner, and Taco Charlton. Now, this was a little bit different. I think there were some players that you know fans really wanted to keep. They wanted to keep Joshua Dobbs around if they could, especially with Ben Roethlisberger and, and the unknown there. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know. I felt like Juju kind of wore out his welcome. I feel like a lot of fans were just kind of okay with him leaving. Ray Ray McLeod, I, I don't think he, he kind of reminds me of a Tyler Matikavich who when he got the deal from San Francisco, everyone said, well, really? Like they're, they're paying uh, this guy that much money? But hey, he actually played well for San Francisco, found his way in the NFC Championship game this past year. Trey Turner, I cannot even tell you if the dude got picked up. I think he did. I think it was with the Washington Commanders. I don't know if he stuck around, but I have a feeling he's probably going to be out of the league soon. He's just getting up there in age. And Taco Charlton did sign with the Saints. I'm not sure if he stayed either. But again, such a difference in those two free agent classes and players lost. When you look at the Dupree's, the Villanueva, the Hiltons, the Filers, you know, the salary cap went down. They didn't have a choice on a lot of these guys. And then the others, you're looking at losing a lot of receivers. Like James Washington eventually went to the Dallas Cowboys. So when I look at all this and I look at the pending, we'll look at the current free agent crop. When I look at all these, I tried my best. I really do to keep... An open mind when I do these topics. And I did not have, this isn't one of those, you know, questions where I already have the answer. I went into this saying, like, what was the fan base thinking with these players? And believe it or not, I don't think that the Steelers fan base overvalues their own free agents. In fact, I think it might be the opposite. I think, and this is just me. I think that the Steelers fan base and some of these players, they might actually under-appreciate some of their own free agent players. And that sounds counterintuitive, but when you look at the players that I mentioned, whether it's a Juju Smith-Schuster, a Ray Ray McLeod, a Mike Hilton, a Matt Filer, none of those players that I just named are the best at their position. None of them. However, a lot of fans said, ah, good riddance, let him go. Just let him go. He's not worth the money. Steeler fans are smart. Okay, They see talent, and they also are smart enough to understand the salary cap situation. And when I say the situation, I'm talking about they see the fact that the Steelers cannot sign all of their own players, nor should they. 
And so I think that if anything, they don't overvalue their own free agents. I think if anything, when I look back, they undervalue them. And I was really shocked as I looked at this. They, they, they kind of are okay with some players leaving. It's the total antithesis to that 54th player on the offseason roster that they have to cut. The Quincy Rochers, the Tuzar Skippers, the Cody Whites, the players that everyone says, man, they can't let that guy go. They can't let that guy go. He, there's no way he's going to clear waivers. And we always hear it all the time. So what I want to do is quickly look at the current Steelers unrestricted free agents. And I'm not doing the the stay or go game. We did that on Friday. Go back and listen to that podcast. What I want to talk about is just how do the Steelers value these guys? Do they overvalue or undervalue them? Well, let's talk about it. So Larry Ogunjobi, I think that the Steelers fan base, and this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the, the coaches. Look, I'm a fan. I have my finger on the pulse of the fan base. I don't know what Omar Khan's thinking. I'm not there. I'm not going to pretend like I do know. But I do know that the fan base does appreciate Larry Ogunjobi. They want him back. So I think they do value him. Mason Rudolph, no. No, no, no. And Same with the next guy, Devin Bush. No one values those guys. They don't overvalue them. If anything, they undervalue them. And you could even say the same about Robert Spillane. Those three players that I just named, Rudolph, Bush, and Spillane, are constant whipping boys on social media for the Steelers fan base. Bush can't cover. Bush isn't physical enough. He doesn't have the heart. Spillane can't cover to save his life. All he does is stop the run, and even then he misses tackles. Mason Rudolph sucks. He shouldn't even deserve to be a backup. You've heard it all. If you're on social media, any platform, you see the bashing all the time. Cameron Sutton, I do think the fan base now values what Cameron Sutton brings to the table. Derek Watt, no. But a lot of Derek Watt's issues are not performance-based. They're salary-based. Fans looked at his inflated salary and said, how in the hell are they paying that guy that much? It doesn't make any sense. Jesse Davis, that doesn't matter. Didn't even play. Tyson Alawalu, undervalue. I don't think they view him as a valuable piece of the puzzle, and they're fine with him going. Marcus Allen, if there were people that liked Marcus Allen, they're not coming out and saying that after the Carolina Panthers game when he ran across the field in a special teams timeout and gets in their huddle, gets a flag, a 15-yard penalty, and it continues the drive. I think Marcus Allen has wore out his welcome with a lot of fans, and they're saying go. Just go. Good riddance. Good luck. You can dance somewhere else. Terrell Edmonds, this is an interesting case here. Terrell Edmonds, if you go back a year ago, When he was a free agent, it was all about he's fine, let him go. The Steelers can find another safety, they'll be fine. However, I think the way he played this year, and he didn't have any splash plays, he was just regular old steady Eddie. And when you talk about Edmonds, I think that while some fans still don't value him, he has more fan appreciation now than he did a year ago. Malik Reed, they don't value him. Chris Wormley, same DeMonte KZ's got some value, though. A lot of fans want that want DeMonte KZ back. And then when you look at someone like Miles Boykin and Benny Snell Jr., they only view them as special teams players, probably because that's what they are. And Zach Gentry, that's a tough one as well. There's some people that are in their camp, and they're like, yeah, I think they should bring him back. Some people are like, eh, it's not going to be worth the time or the trouble. So I think when I look at all of this from a global perspective, It's that the Steelers fan base, they draw that line in the sand pretty clear. 
with these players. And I just rattled off all those free agents. You think Look at those three that I mentioned at the top. Mason Rudolph, Devin Bush, and Robert Spillane. That line in the sand is evident. Fans either appreciate them. No one, I don't think anyone loves those guys. Or they hate them. And there's more in the hate than the appreciate camp, if you know what I mean. So when I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to go back to that initial question, do Steelers fans overvalue their own free agents? I don't think they do. I do think that Steelers fans are intelligent enough that they look at things like a Bud Dupree, and they say, man, we'd love to have Bud back. You know, but not going to be able to afford him at that. We can't afford it. Can't afford it. I think that that's kind of the way people view like Larry Ogunjobi this year. Love to have him back, but I don't know if they're going to be able to afford him. The Steelers don't have a lot of salary cap space, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep him around. We'd love to have him, but I just don't know. And that's where they are right now. That's where they are. And so the fan base, I, I think that if anything, they undervalue their own free agents. And sometimes you see these players go elsewhere, and they do have success. You talk about a Mike Hilton. You talk about a Matt Filer. Even James Conner has performed well in Arizona. And you talk about Juju Smith-Schuster winning a Super Bowl. Joshua Dobbs getting a chance to start in Tennessee this year. Ray Ray McLeod in an NFC Championship game. I could go on. So you can't keep everyone. That's what the salary cap is made for. It's to, it's to make parity within the National Football League. You cannot keep everyone. But I think the Steelers fan base, when it comes to perception of their own free agents, if anything, they don't overvalue. They undervalue. All right, I'll tell you what I value are your questions in the mailbag segment. That's going to be coming up in the second half of this show. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half. It is Wednesday. It is time for the mailbag segment. You know how it works every Tuesday morning. I put out a tweet on my Twitter handle. All you have to do is find it, and you, it's at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I ask for questions. I use a GIF. I've been using The Other Guys. It's one of my favorite newer movies. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, just hysterical. This scene that I put up there was when uh, – Captain Gene, which is Michael Keaton, is quoting TLC, and he gets called out on it. It's just hysterical. Don't don't go chasing waterfalls, guys. Don't go chasing waterfalls. All right. So our first question, I don't know how. Like, I literally just go to my app. I open it up. Doc M, Southside Doc, is always first, and his questions are always so great. And so I'm actually, again, this is the second time. I might just hire Doc, Southside Doc, Doc M. I just might hire this guy to give me topics for shows because I'm going to save this one. He asked, what steps need to happen to achieve achieve a successful offseason? What would separate a great one from a mediocre one? Doc, you're going to get a whole show. Stay tuned. That's coming up. Thanks for the question. Brian Haynes asked several. Let's get these going. What are your thoughts on the Clem signing? Um, the, the Adrian Clem signing with the Patriots, it's just weird. Hey, go check out the Steelers Update podcast. I talked about it there. Just not buying what they're selling with the whole Clem and Canada issues. I just don't buy it. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. He also asked, what is the biggest surprise so far this offseason? If you're talking about the Steelers, I don't know what would be deemed a surprise. I guess if I were to pick one, uh, it would be that Matt Canada returned. 
if I have to pick one. Uh, like Brian Flores leaving was not a surprise. I, I didn't expect him to stay around very often or very long. So, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest surprise. Next one from Brian. Would you rather have Juju or Gravedigger? You're talking about Javon Hargrave. Back if you could choose one. I, well, I do think Juju does have value. I still go with Javon Hargrave. I think he would be valuable depth along the defensive line. Last one from Brian. Would you trade back to pick up more picks or stand pat and take the best player available? Which do you prefer them do? Not this year specifically, just in general. So I've always been someone that says the trade has to be right. And when I say the trade has to be right, let me give you an example. This year in the first round, the Steelers take 17, they pick 17th. And there's some value at pick number 17. Yes, it's not a top 10 pick, and we've all heard that. However, a team that is, say, 20th, 21st, around that range, if they say, listen, Pittsburgh, hey, we want to move up to 17. There's a guy that we want. We want to move up to 17. You all will take our first round slot. We're gonna you're gonna move back four spots and we're gonna give you a fourth round pick. Just as an example. Uh I think the Steelers, I would make that move unless there's a player at 17 that the Steelers feel is a can't miss prospect. And again, I'm only going off what Kevin Colbert once said. This is a new regime with Andy Weedle and Omar Khan. And Kevin Colbert used to say if they're gonna trade back. Unless, let's say in this case, it's four spots. They need to have four players available that they all have first-round grades on and that they are wanting to go after. And if they don't have four, they're not making the trade. If Omar Khan follows that, I don't know. We'll see. I'm always about trading back, but you don't want to pass up on a really great, talented player just because you want to get another pick in rounds three, four, or five. Just my thoughts. David Briggs says, Hey, Jeff, since we are in the limbo period of the offseason and all the news is basically speculation on free agency and the draft, is it tough on the podcast front to have the full lineup of shows without it seeming stale or repeat information since there is only so much going on? Well, that's a good question. You know, we do a lot of shows here. You all know that. You know our lineup. The one thing I, I think we do a good job with is we do communicate what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we have our Slack channel, which is a great way of means of communication for everyone. And so the way that we try to avoid duplicating topics is we just tell everyone what we're going to be talking about. And so the one thing I love about our platform and our network is how there's so many different shows that are just that. They're different. You have the Steelers fix. They've had a ton of interviews with draft prospects, with Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl. Uh, they they dive into mock drafts. Like That's them. That's not me. I'm not doing that. Uh, you do have me Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and my shows are all try to be as different as possible, and I have guests on. Um, but you have someone like Dave Schofield, Stat Geek. That's totally different than anyone else that, anything else that we do on this network. Same with Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday morning. Some of the afternoon shows, meaning that the evening shows, you could see some repetition in topics based on the news and all that stuff. I think we do a pretty good job of, of keeping things fresh. If we don't, and if you disagree, let me know, and I'd love to have a conversation about it. And I'm being 100% honest because I'm all about making our product the best it can be. Diego Fernandez asks, if we sit, in, if we sit at 17th in the draft with a top two offensive tackle, 
a top three cornerback, and the top inside linebacker and top three defensive linemen available on the board, which one would you take? Okay, so we have a tackle, cornerback, inside linebacker, and defensive line. I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it. Take the defensive line or the tackle. I want to fortify the trenches. So I'm going with either the offensive tackle or the defensive line. And right now, just because I'm thinking that they're not going to be able to afford Larry Ogunjobi, I would take the defensive lineman. Then he said a personal question. I'm Brazilian, but living in Finland for the last 13 years, have you been in South America or Europe? Cheers. Um, So I've never been to South America. I've been to Europe twice. Uh, I went to, let's see, our first was, my first trip was to England, I think. <laughs> All right, so you, you, a personal question. So um, believe it or not, I'm actually uh, a trained singer, and I was classically trained, and I was brought up uh, in that type of singing. And I actually got a free trip to England, or not free trip, but I traveled around with a with a group, and we sang at all the national cathedrals in England, all the way up into Wales. We sung at St. David's in Wales, a beautiful church and cathedral there. Uh, and then I went back to England, or not to, to uh, we traveled to England. I went to France. My mother, who listens to my podcast, was a French teacher for over 40 years, and she would take classes over to France, so we toured all over France. I got to see really cool stuff. Uh, we're talking about the chateaus and the castles and I got to see the beaches of Normandy where uh in World War II the uh, just amazing stuff to see what those uh, what the the United States military had to go through on uh D-Day so yeah I started to see all that stuff so I have been to Europe I've never been to South America good question uh Joe uh, I think it's Cirillo asked pick one Kenny elevates his play to the level of prime Big Ben, but the O-line regresses to that of 2021-2022, or Kenny stays where he was at the end of last season. You add Tremaine Edmonds, but you lose Cam Sutton to free agency. Boy, that I, I don't like either of those options. Uh, I don't like Kenny being stagnant. I also don't want the offensive line to regress. Um, I'm not sure if Tremaine Edmonds is the be-all, end-all answer for the Steelers' defense. So if I had to choose, man, Joe, this sucks. Uh, I've got to pick something because, yeah, so i got to answer. I'll, I'll toe, go with Kenny stays where he was at the end of last season, and the Steelers pick up Tremaine Edmonds. If the offensive line doesn't regress, I think they can win with that. There you go. But that was tough. That was awful. <laughs> Corey Eckenroth asks, what is, what is it that you are looking forward to the most now that the NFL offseason is officially underway? You know, I was, I, I was talking with some people that are not uh, podcasters about the NFL, and they were talking about how lucky people that cover the NFL are. And I was like, man, what do you mean, lucky? It's the longest offseason in all professional sports. And they said, yeah, but think about all the events you get to cover. And they're right. I mean, think so there's a month. The 13th was the Super Bowl. The 13th starts a legal tampering period in March. And so you that's when free agency starts. So you get free agency. It's crazy. You're adding players. You get to break down those players. And then right when that starts to die down, guess what happens? The NFL draft. Yes. So you get a whole new crop of players. You're talking about that. And then it kind of dies down. And guess what happens? Mini camps. Yes. OTAs. Yes. Then you have the summer months where it gets to be a lull. And then guess what happens? They're back training camp, St. Vincent College, and it all starts all over again. So the NFL is a cycle. The NFL is a 
monstrosity of an organization. They sure do know how to spin it. And even when you talk about these little blips like the schedule release and things like that, they just they draw you in, man. They draw you in. I'm excited for all of it. I love it. I love covering the NFL. I love covering the Steelers. I'm ready for all of it. Next question from B. Selfridge. With Kenny's per- progress that we slash you saw at the end of the end of the year, do you see Kenny possibly working his way into the elite quarterback conversation, or do you see him being more of a really good game-managing quarterback? At this point, I'm not about to suggest that Kenny Pickett could ever be in that elite status. I just want him to get better next year. So uh, I'll direct everyone's attention to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That website still still exists. And Kevin Smith, who was on our Friday show with Brian Davis, the Here We Go Steelers show, uh, he did a fantastic article on Kenny Pickett that ran on Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. It is his year in review. The two things that Kenny Pickett needs to improve on. Read it. He shows video. You can see how Kenny Pickett needs to improve. If Kenny Pickett can improve on those little things, he'll be just fine, and he'll be better than a game manager. I don't think the Steelers need an elite quarterback to win. They need a really good quarterback. They need more than a game manager, but they can win with that. Good question, though. Jeremy asks, is the front office, if the front office is truly looking to ride it back with this offensive line who is potentially a value pick at number 17 if not offensive tackle too many fantastic cornerbacks in the top 75 to go there at 17 is trading back the best option to garner more day two or three picks i'm struggling here i like i said earlier i'm fine with trading back but at the same time if there's a defensive line don't overlook that don't overlook the importance of bolstering the defensive front even with a rookie so yes there are a lot of good cornerbacks a very deep class uh, the offensive tackle position is rather deep as well. They can still find value later, but I'm fine with trading back. MDibs24 asks several questions. Who would be the best veteran receiver that you would sign this offseason? If he's healthy, if he's healthy, give me Jarvis Landry. I said it last season, and I'll say it again this year. MDibs also asks, should the Pro Bowl add Nerf balls? Um, I, I swear, the Pro Bowl, I, I don't. I don't know what they're trying to do. I understand what they're trying to do. Just give me a skills competition. That's all I want. Just give me the quarterback competition. Give me the footballs with blue chalk on it. Have them driving golf carts with targets on the back and then firing footballs at them. That's all I want. That's all I want. I used to watch those all the time as a kid, watching Dan Marino and Joe Montana and John Elway and Jim Kelly firing those blue chalk footballs. Give me that. That's what I want to see. Another one from M. Dibs. How many hot dogs do you think Casey Hampton could eat? And could you beat him? No, I could not beat him. I would probably vomit. Uh, but Casey Hampton could probably put down at least 20. At least. Okay, Heath Davis, he's back. He asked a couple questions. He says, back like I never left, El Jefe. First question, would you take a cornerback or an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft? I would go offensive line first. Question number two from Heath. Based on Kenny Pickett's progression last year, I would say he can grind out a win but but can't help you jump out to a big early lead. What do you think needs to improve on him to become more of a field general, not a game manager? How can the team help? They can help by doing what they did at the end of last season, that is run the football. If they can develop a running game and establish the run, go back to 05 when Ben Roethlisberger's second year, that's what they had to do then. That's what they're going to have to do now. I think they can do that if they keep everything the same. And I think Kenny Pickett will continue to grow, continue to develop, 
and prove that he can win games in the NFL. He's third and final question. Rambo, Rocky, Conan the Barbarian, the Terminator, and RoboCop have just been picked up by Pittsburgh in free agency. Oh my gosh. What positions do they play? Detroit offers you a second round pick for one of them. Who do you part with? All right. So Rambo, Rocky, Conan the Barbarian, the Terminator, RoboCop. RoboCop is going to be uh, defense. Um, we'll probably put him at linebacker. Nah, he's probably too slow. Let's go with defensive line. Rambo is going to be the guy I trade. I'm, I've never been a Rambo fan. So I'm going to trade him to uh, Detroit. Rocky is going to be my running back. Conan the Barbarian is going to be uh, my pass rusher. Uh, the Terminator is going to be the other edge rusher. There you go. That's what I'm doing. That's, that was an interesting question. Thank you very much. Mysterious says, will you be watching the Pirates this year? And do you think they'll be any good? Oof. Um, I'll probably catch a Pirates game or two. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, I actually enjoy listening to a lot of these sports more than I do watching sometimes. Uh, I have a lot of uh, people that ask about the Penguins. I, I love the Penguins. I actually listen to a lot of their games. Um, I don't get all their games, but I, I, I listen more than I watch. And uh, I'll probably do the same with the Pirates this year, and we'll see how it goes. It, they, I think they're going to be better than last year, but that's not saying much. Timu Eng- Engberg, sorry if I mispronounced that. He said, would you sign Julio Jones to the Steelers? Sure, veteran hands for Kenny, and he would be a great mentor for George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Well, I could understand the value there. I don't know why Julio would want to go to Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm not sure how that would work out with George Pickens and the roles that he, the role that he plays. Hey, if they were to make the move and he comes in and he helps out, I'm not going to be upset. We'll put it that way. And Mike Helblig says with the Steelers and Penguins in a dry spell, who will be the first to win a championship with their current coaching staff? You know, you say like a dry spell, and this is something my my mom actually sent me this. It was from Facebook. I don't do Facebook anymore, but she uh, sent it to me, and it was a joke, and it was because Rihanna is expecting, in case you didn't notice during the halftime show, it said that Rihanna's unborn child has been to more Super Bowls than the Cleveland Browns. It's not, they're not wrong. And it's, I got a little chuckle out of that, but here we are Steelers and Penguins fans. And they're saying they're in a dry spell because they haven't won in a couple years. Some teams have never even been there in both sports. <laughs> Think about that. But, uh, who will be the first to win a championship with their current coaches have? Sadly, I say this cause I'm a fan of all, all the Pittsburgh sports here. Let's keep that in mind. I think it's the Steelers. And I say sadly, cause as a, as a Penguins fan, uh, the Penguins went all in on the big three of Genny Malkin, Crystal Tang, Sidney Crosby. Crosby still he still has it. Not sold on Latang and Malkin. Um, wasn't really happy with those moves. I think the Steelers have a good young nucleus, and I think that Mike Tomlin's going to be around until he says I'm done. So therefore, I think it's going to be the Steelers, and that's great for the podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that does it for the mailbag. Great questions. I love those off-the-wall questions. And I've said it before. I said it last offseason all the time. You all are, are feel free to ask me these, those type of questions. I, I enjoy it. It's fun. We communicate that way with my ride-or-die crew. All right, folks, that does it for me. On Friday, I'll be back. I'm sure Jerome Betts will be back with me to talk about the the Super Bowl. I kind of recap that a little bit. Uh, and then also to talk about a lot of other stuff. Make sure you're tuning in. The Steel Curtain Network has everything that you need. All you got to do is find us, search the Steel Curtain Network, probably just 
type in Steel Curtain and you'll eventually find us. That's not going to officially happen until March 1st, but you can find us on Twitter already. Go to at Steel, S-T-E-E-L-C, Network. You'll find us. Go there. We have a lot of great stuff there, a lot of great content. Check us out. In the meantime, you know how we finish out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Friday.